When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Project Life Mastery Podcast. I'm Stefan James, founder of ProjectLifeMastery.com, internet entrepreneur and life coach with a passion for living life to the fullest and fulfilling my potential as a human being. My purpose for this podcast is to be a powerful and passionate example of the unlimited possibilities that life offers for any of us that has the courage to commit ourselves to life mastery while sharing ideas, concepts, and strategies that can help you master every area of your life, from your health, mindset, emotions, business, finances, relationships, and spirituality. Now, if you're someone like me that is hungry to take their life to the next level, then you're in the right place. Welcome, and let's begin. Hey everyone, this is Stefan James from Project Life Mastery, and I'm here right now with Ryan Dice, who is the co-founder and CEO of digitalmarketer.com. He's also the founder and the host of the Traffic and Conversion Summit, which is where we are right now in San Diego. And Ryan has built an incredible brand called Digital Marketer that focuses on helping people learn and mastering marketing online. He's what I consider to be one of the top marketers in the world, someone that I've learned so much from and some of the top marketers study and learn from as well. And here at the Traffic and Conversion Summit, this is your 10th year now putting on this event. 10 years. Got thousands of people here from all over the world. It's my fifth or sixth time now attending it. And this is the place to be if you want to learn the cutting edge of what's working with marketing today. So we'll talk a little bit more about this event later, but we're going to dive a little bit into Ryan's story and he's going to share with you guys some strategies that can help you become a better marketer and grow your business. So Ryan, thanks for taking the time, man. Thanks for having me. Pleasure to be here. Do you mind sharing with people a little bit about your story, how you got started to where you are today building Digital Marketer? Sure. I mean, so my, my story goes all the way back to 1999. It was actually when I made my first sale online. I was a freshman uh, at university, uh, at the University of Texas at Austin. And, uh, you know, we were right there in the middle of the dot-com boom. This was before the big, you know, burst happened. It seemed like everybody was starting a dot-com. You know, now they're... People say startups. Back then, they called them a dot com. Um, so everybody was starting these dot coms. Uh, Dell, Michael Dell, started Dell Computer Company in you know years before, but in the dorm room right across where I was. So there was this just this entrepreneurial energy going around at that time. And um, you know, I was I was broke like most college kids. This isn't like a rags to riches. You're supposed to be broke in college. But um, but early on, my freshman year, I met a girl, and um, I knew within a couple of weeks that. That's this is this is the one which I know sounds super creepy, right? And so I, I want to I didn't tell her that, but um, but I just knew, you know, I knew. And at the same time, I remember it hit me. My my 
little 19-year-old self, like, you're going to have to buy an engagement ring at some point, right. and you're broke. And that was my first motive, that combined with the environment. I said, I'm going to start an online business. And so that's where it began. I kind of started off doing publishing, uh, cr- having these little ebooks created, yep. Yep. selling those, expanding, you know, got into... Um, software. At one time, I was selling both pop-up uh, blockers and pop-up generators. Right. So, kind of getting on both sides of, uh, of of that game. Not not totally proud of all that, yeah. but um, but yeah, it's always been. Uh, let's figure out what people are looking for and look to give it to them. And so, what started there, grew, built it throughout college, got a job yeah. right after college because it still didn't feel real. Right. Quit after about six months and have kind of been doing it ever since. Amazing. Now, you spoke on the first day of the event about, you always do a a keynote sharing where we've been, where the state of the internet, the community is today, and where it's going. Do you mind sharing a little bit about where we are now with the world of internet marketing and where you see it going? Yeah. So, I mean, I talked about in the keynote, we've really entered phase five. So, technology as a whole, and, and you can go to any technology, whether it was the railroad, the telephone, you know, printing press, Technology tends to move in five phases. So the first phase is discovery or invention. That's what kicks it off. This thing gets discovered. It gets invented. Uh, then you move into this phase of like massive proliferation, right? right? Everybody, you know, really, you know, they, they, they jump in and they, you know, they, they go crazy. And, and we definitely saw that in, you know, the early 2000s. Everybody was starting, you know, right. a blog. Right. And, uh, and then it, you know, it's funny. It kind of moves then into this, it's the wild, wild west, and everybody realizes we need to kind of standardize this. Right. Maybe we even need to regulate this. Mm-hmm. So you've been doing this for a ten while. Years. Yeah, 10 yeah. years. So do you remember the Google slap? I do. That yep. algorithm updates. Yep. Got hit by a few. Absolutely. So we went through that phase. That's kind of the regulation standardization phase. That ultimately creates consolidation, mm. right? So if you think, how does it happen in different, you know, if you think about how ind- industries flow, they, they go into a consolidation phase. That's really where we've been for probably about the last you know, five to seven, well, probably about the last four or five years, we've, we've seen significant consolidation. Mm-hmm. You know, Facebook and Google represent nearly 80% of all online ad spend. Right. Amazon represents nearly 50% of all e-commerce yeah. sales. Um, but what happened this year, literally just a few days ago, it was announced that right now this is going to be the year that digital will outpace, will outspend traditional advertising. Yeah. So this is the first year that digital marketing is officially bigger than traditional marketing, than traditional advertising. And when that happens, technology enters really phase five. Consolidation is kind of complete. Um, It won, I guess. The technology won. And that's when the technology, the people who created it, the people who are benefiting from it, that's when they face a decision. Um, Are we going to innovate? Or are we going to keep doing what we've always been doing and get disrupted? And this is the phase where a changing of the guard occurred. The last changing of the guard was back in the mid to early 90s when the Internet first appeared. Mm. Uh, We kind of had another one when uh, mobile happened and then, you know, in social. We're seeing a new changing of the guard. It's time to it's it's time to start doing things differently or Mm. we're going to get disrupted. Got it. What do you think is the most important thing that marketers should focus on today that could serve them today, but also moving forward? So in the past, it's always been about the tactics, yeah. right? How do I find this um, this little hack? Yeah, um, the loophole. The yeah, gimmick, the loophole. The how do I how do I yeah. benefit? How do I benefit from um, you know from yeah from finding that little loophole in the algorithm? Yeah. Um, 
And, uh, and that was what won the day. It's what wins the day in a proliferation phase. It's what can capture additional market share during you know, consolidation. It's what usually gets squashed during the standardization right. phase. I-, I will just tell you as a marketer, all of the energy that you've expended into these little marginal increases, um, these little tweaks, these little growth hacks, trying to find the inefficiencies that you find, you need to shift all of that uh, to talking to your customer. Yeah. And that sounds so cliche, and yeah. it sounds so like, ooh, <laughs> but that's primarily what we're doing across all of my companies. Yeah. So from a, the, what that looks like is, you know, we're sending emails that instead of asking people to click, we're asking people to respond Spawn. to the email and start a conversation. Um, we're doing SMS marketing. We, we first started doing so, you know, text message marketing, doing, doing uh, follow-up to folks that are on our list. We used to send out SMS blasts, again, asking people to click so they could go to a website, so they could buy something, and so that we didn't ever have to talk to them. Um, we're now doing SMS marketing to start text conversations with people on our team. So, so much of what we're doing right now, as opposed to optimizing conversions, optimizing right. clicks, we're trying to now optimize conversations. Got it. Uh, and, and you're seeing things like chatbots right. that are helping with that, you know, tools like ManyChat and Drift that are really helping. Um, just be really, really, really careful about over-automation. Mm. Everybody wants to automate everything, which is why I think the advantage that we're going to have is if you're a company that doesn't feel the need to automate mm. everything, if you're willing to invest in people. Yeah. I think, by the way, it's going to be really good for the economy because it means that um, you know, right now the, uh, a lot of people are losing their jobs because right. the retail sector right. is getting squashed, right? right? They're going online. So yeah. these people who used to work in retail stores, they're getting laid off. Yeah. We're, that's starting to come back, but it's starting to come back in more uh, digital conversation. Yeah. So I'm excited about it. I think it's going to create a new opportunity. But for the, for the marketers, for the entrepreneurs who just, I want to set up my automated business right. and sit on the beach, I- I'm going to beat you if yeah. we're in the same yeah. industry. Because yeah. I'm willing to work a little harder. Yeah. I'm willing to talk to your customers yeah. and you aren't. So engage more, build a community. Now, when I started like 10 years ago, it was all about people just want to make money online. They want to put out an ebook or a product. And it wasn't really sustainable. And what I've seen the trend now is building a brand. Yep. That, and what you're saying is building that raving fan customer. Can you share a little bit about the importance of actually building a brand uh, today and why that's important? Sure. I mean, and, and the word brand means a lot of things to a lot of a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Um, if you're if you're talking to a, a brand, if you're talking to somebody with a, de- a designer, you know, a brand is kind of their style guide. Yeah. These are the colors that we're going to use. This is our logo. Don't deviate from its you know aspect ratio. Um, that's a part of it. Um, brand is certainly consistency, but um, I love. I think uh, Jeff Bezos gave the greatest quote ever when he, the greatest definition of a brand. He said, "Your brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room." And um, so, and, and, and again, that's one of those things where we're like, "Oh, that makes a lot of sense," but it isn't that helpful. Right. Um, so now, but but what it does is it, it causes us to ask a new question, which is. How do we get people to say nice things about us when we aren't in the room? And I always bring things back to dating and relationships. Because to me, sales, marketing, it is a relationship. People who treat it transactionally, they get the same results as people who treat romantic relationships transactionally. They get very trite, um, insincere, transactional relationships. If you treat it relationally, you get much better long-term results. So if, if I were to try to impact the conversation that people were saying about me, let's say I don't, let's say I move to a new city. Um, and I've only got one friend there. Uh, I really want that friend, if we're going to go to a party, I want him to go before me 
And I want him to say, hey, my buddy's coming, really great guy into this and this and this. I want people to talk about me. So I think the opportunity now, the way that we um, change the conversation that's happening when we're not in the room is through building community. Uh, and, and it's through building Facebook groups, for example. Again, because I, I don't like to just state the conceptual. Right? That's the conceptual. Now let's get to the tactical. Yeah. You should probably have a Facebook group. Yeah. And the Facebook group probably shouldn't be titled around your product. Right. It might not even need to be titled around your brand. So we have the Digital Marketer Engage mm-hmm. Facebook group. We're fortunate that our brand also calls out to our audience. So we sort of got to cheat a little yeah. bit yeah. there. Um, but I'd have to be way more audience-centric if you can, and seek to kind of build and own that community. That's what Traffic and Conversion Summit has been. It's been the community, the home, the place that digital marketers come from, uh, that, that they come to. Uh, so I think, again, making an investment in a full-time community manager to run that community is important. It's going to come down to people. Yeah, yeah. And how important do you find content marketing has become now? Because that's a way to add value to people, build that relationship, build that trust, which they receive value. They're going to associate that to the brand and want to come back for more. Uh, still essential um, to be doing content marketing, but the way that you do it has to change because everybody's doing content marketing. If you're saying, oh, I'm just going to you know, blog twice a week, so is everybody else. You know? it's like, that's adorable. Like, nobody's going to, you're not going to break through. There's too much noise. You know, go back to 2006, 2007, 2008. Um, get in early and sure, you can just post whatever and you're going to win because you were there. We're post-proliferation. We're post-standardization. We're post-consolidation. You won't break through. And and so I think what it looks like is it looks like going to the extremes. So I think content marketing, it needs to look like producing, like like what we're doing right now, a show. Like you need to go to that next level and produce something that like, whoa, that's amazing. You need to make it so much bigger and so much better than just a blog post. And then you also need to go tiny. It's a two-minute video that answers this ultra-simple, stupid question that everybody's wondering, you're posting that all over the place. Um, content marketing in general, as most things do, it's been caught in the middle. You know, everybody's kind of doing these, you know, 1,000 to 2,000 word blog posts, listicles. It's not going to get through. You're not, you're not going to make it today. Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to outrank the ones that are already there. Yeah. Um, I do think it's definitely a lot more video, yeah. which is tough um, if, if you're not used to it. They don't want to put themselves out there, yeah. but you've got to adapt, right? You have to. And, and uh, I'll be completely transparent. This is not comfortable for me. This is difficult for me. I'm naturally an introvert. I don't like being on camera. If I could go back in time, I would do all of this under a pseudonym. If for no other reason, because my name is perpetually mispronounced. Um, This is hard for me. But I do it because I have to. I get nervous speaking in front of people. People are like, why do you do it if you don't like it? Because I like money. You know, I, I got to eat, <laughs> so I'm going to do the work. So people are like, oh, but I don't want to do that. That's fine. You just won't win. Yeah. Somebody else who's willing to do it will. Let me ask you this. What, are, what is a core belief or mindset that you think has contributed to your success? I, I, I think it comes down to a lot of that. I've, I've said it from the stage a, a couple of times. I say it to my team all the time. Um, courage is not the absence of fear. Yeah. Um, courage is the willingness uh, to go out there after you've just peed your pants. Right. And so uh, I think for me, I just hear people say, oh, I could never do that. What 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 are what are what are we really required to do as entrepreneurs today? You know, there's nobody who's like we're not building pyramids. 
You know, we're not indentured servants. We're not being asked to, you know, march across whole continents. Like, there's nothing we're doing that's really... Right. Get over yourself. Yeah. Cry me a freaking river. Just do the work and, um, and, and, and show up every single day. Yeah. Uh, so I, I see myself as, um, as uh, I work for the customer. Yeah. A lot of people, um, they position themselves as, you know, they're the god of their brand. No, you're not. You're the messenger. Yeah. My friend Donald Miller, he, he said it better than, than I could. He said, you're the guide. Yeah. You are not the star. Yeah. The customer is the star. You're, you're the guide. So I think keeping those two things in mind yeah. helps to kind of reset the ego yeah. and just get back to work. So now you started as a personal brand. I know you're talking today about how you made the transition from yeah. a personal brand to, to building a brand that's not dependent on you. And there's so many influencers today and people that are building their brand around themselves do you mind sharing a little bit about how you made that transition and the mindset going into that? Sure, and, and let me just say at the outset that that um, it, it's not a uh, I'm not making a value judgment that everybody should. Right. Um, you know, you look at somebody like Tony Robbins. Tony's a personal brand, mm-hmm. and um, I'm not going to pretend to like know what Tony thinks, but I, I my understanding is that that's what Tony wants. Yeah. You know, he likes that, and I, and I think if you are fulfilled and what what you want to be is you want it to be your name in the lights, you want to be out there. That's fine. You just have to acknowledge that you're doing it more for the fame than for the fortune. And that's fine. But be real with yourself about that. Don't say, oh, I have to do this to, you know, to make money. No, you don't. You absolutely don't. And I didn't want to. Like for me, I, I didn't want the fame. I, I would rather not. Uh, it was too far gone. Yeah. Like there was no point in going back. I had, you know, I already had the personal brand. So not leveraging it would, would be foolish. But I think you have to decide, are you the, are you the star? Like literally now let's think planetary. Yeah. Are you the star? Are you the sun through which all these other you know, planets orbit? Or do you want to help to create a new star? Yeah. And for me, I wanted that new star to be a company, to be a company brand, not me. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way I look at it, if, if I'm the star, then I'm the product. Yeah. I don't want to be the product. Yeah. I don't want to be the racehorse. I don't want to be the athlete on the court slam dunking. I want to be the owner in the owner's box. Yeah. I want to be the person, like Chris Rock said, who can afford to pay that person's salary. Yeah. Right? That's, that was always what, what I wanted to do. So I think first getting clear on what do you want. Yeah. Uh, and if you do, then, then what you have to do is you have to say, okay, what is my genius? What's the thing that people value? Uh, and the first step is to figure out how do I get this out of this head and how do I turn it into an artifact? that can be transferable outside of me. You know, Moses came down from you know, Mount Sinai. He didn't say, hey, I got these 10 things, yeah. right? They were on tablets. Um, for me, it started off with uh, the napkin, yeah. you know, the million dollar napkin, yeah. right? It was, I've got this idea for this con- concept of a five-step funnel, right? And look, here it is on a napkin. I, I, I didn't have any strategic stuff when I did that. Um, but now it was something that could leave my hands and go. A lot of people don't want to do that with their ideas. They want to hold on to them tight. Um, that's exactly the wrong posture. I think you need to be very open and say, no, here you go. But you need to put it in a form that somebody else can take it and go, that's great. And they can pass it along to someone else. That's step one. Turn your genius into a pass-along artifact. Um, step two really is you need to uh, now become the spokesperson for that thing. So anytime the spotlight's shining on you, you need to become a mirror and redirect it back to the thing. Right? right? Nope, not me, that. Right. It's not about me. It's, it's this piece over here. And so that's just shifting your positioning. Are you the guru at the top of the mountain or are you 
you know, the Sherpa leading the people to yeah. the top of the mountain yeah. where they're able to read the stone tablets when they get there. Yeah. That's hard. A lot so of less about you, more about the message, the problem that you're solving. Yep. Okay. It's this is the message and you are the prophet. You are the messenger. It is not about you. Yeah. You're always pointing to something else. And anytime somebody wants to give you credit, you go, nope, it's actually this over here. Nope, it's the team. And what's amazing is as you do that, people don't actually stop giving you credit. Right. I've tried. Right. They keep giving me credit for stuff, but now they also start to give credit to the other things and the other people. Yeah. It doesn't diminish anything that I have. Um, and, and I think it just takes being a little bit more, um, you know, less scarcity minded about that. So that's the second step. The third step is you need to start, you know, recruiting disciples. Yeah. Uh, you need to start recruiting other people to take that message and go out there. Um, so that's going to look like, it might look like a value added reseller program, for example, where, you know, at Digital Marketer, we have our Digital Marketer Certified Partner Program. We certify agencies we let them put our logo, our brand, right next to theirs. We let them teach our content. I'll tell you what's weird. I've shown up at events before where one of our certified partners was speaking, and I watched them deliver a deck, deliver a presentation that I created. Wow. And I'm like, that's my that's content. Awesome. Yeah. That's my content. And it's weird. And they're, in some cases, trying to tell jokes the same way because they've yeah. seen me yeah. do it. It's like, oh, you butchered that. <laughs> um, but you got to let it go because it's not my content. It's the brand's content, Leveraged which makes it, it yeah. their content. Yeah. Um, so it could be a value-added reseller model, also a team. You know, having a team and putting them out there. The very first Traffic and Conversion Summit, I was literally on stage. Even if there was another person up there, I was on stage interviewing them or doing something. I never left the stage. Now I speak four times, three times. It's the team that's up there. And people say, oh, but, but what if they leave? They leave. Then what they hopefully become is they become another planet orbiting your sun. And maybe what they do is they become a star themselves. And you know what? If you have a good relationship, if you do right by them, you work with good, you know, if you work with really good people, they start their own planetary orbit, their own people. But now it's in your broader galaxy um, that's out there. So I just think that if you, if you really want to grow, if you really want to scale, if you actually have a message that matters, the worst thing you could do is hoard it. Right. Yeah. So you got to let it go. And every time I push stuff away, it just keeps coming back bigger, yep. you know? Yeah. It keep, keeps coming back bigger. We had Molly Pittman, um, who started as an intern, yeah. a digital marketer. as an intern, yeah. you know, and now she's a star. She's a force. Yeah. And people said, oh, my God, aren't you so, aren't you worried? You know, she left digital marketer. She's off on her own. Aren't you worried? Not worried. I'm, part of me sad because I really like Molly, and she's an awesome, valuable member of the team. Part of me is really proud not worried. Yeah. And here she is speaking at our event. She speaks at other events. She still talks about digital marketer. We're all still orbiting around together. Yeah. So I think those, those three things are, are big, but you got to make sure you want it first and just be real with yourself. If you just want to yeah. be famous, you'll, you're never going to do that. You know, when you first started, your, your why, your drive was you're a broke college student. You got to yeah. buy the engagement ring. You've changed your life now. You've become a huge success. What drives you today? Now it really is the, the fun of... Uh, of the game. I can say that with all, with all honesty. I've been saying it for a while. Um, we were fortunate um, last year. We had a really nice um, event. We had a really nice uh, exit that, you know, it, it, I think uh, most people in business, they've got an amount in their mind that once I hit this number, I could kind of be done. And, you know, I was doing fine before. And then it's like, wow, that's way north of the number. Yeah. I'm good. And yet I woke up the next day and was still excited to get back to work. And so I asked myself that question. And frankly, my wife asked me that question. 
why are you still doing this? Yeah. And, um, and for me, it's the only thing I'm good at. It's the only thing really I've ever done my entire adult life. And I just think it's fun. We get to go out there. We're like, you know, modern day alchemists. Yeah. You know, we get to create ideas and products out of thin air and, and put them out into the world. And sometimes the world likes it and sometimes they don't. When they don't, we go back and we try again. Um, but we get to create value out of thin air. Yeah. That's what entrepreneurs do. Yeah. I hope that never gets boring. Yeah, love it. What advice would you give to someone watching this that's maybe just starting their journey? They're brand new. They've heard about this internet marketing thing. You can make money online. Um, what advice would you give or maybe advice that you might have given to yourself if you were to start over again? Um, deliver really big ideas to really focused audiences. Yeah. Um, if you try to go out and you're just getting started and you try to get it on the top of the tallest building and yell the loudest, you will not get noticed. Um, you do, we had uh, Rachel Hollis yeah. on stage yesterday, and um, everybody's like, oh my gosh, you came from nowhere. Out of nowhere, you know, 18 months ago, you know, nobody really was asking me on the stage. You, your book hadn't even come out yet. You know, in the last 18 months, she's a number one New York Times bestselling author, you know, six-figure speaking fee, like all kinds, of, like, she finally has the thing that she always dreamed of, yeah. and everybody thinks it was an overnight success. She's been working towards it for eight years, yeah. Yeah. going into little pockets and little circles. And, and, but what she um, always had was a really big idea. I think the mistake that a lot of entrepreneurs make is they say, I need to start small uh, strategically. You know, I need to be like Walmart. I, I really want to you know, just own Jonesboro, Arkansas. Right. Right? I want to be the best in Jonesboro, Arkansas. And then we'll you know, go over here and here and here and eventually Manhattan, right? Um, Amazon did the same thing. We're going to be great at books and then we're going to go to music and now everything. I mean, that strategy is a great strategy but just because you're going to start small in your market selection does not mean that you should start small in your idea. So think really big. Think in terms of movements. Be really clear. What is it that you fundamentally believe to be true about the universe and your place in it? Get really, really, really clear on that and, uh, and tell that story. And in the beginning, when you're not quite sure, start telling a story and see what resonates. We didn't know what we believed to yeah. be true. Like you said, we just needed to make some dang money. Yeah. Um, so everybody starts, everybody has a beginning, yeah. and it never looks fancy. Yeah. It never looks like it ends. Um, so, you know, be, be good with that, but keep your ideas really, really big, especially now. No one's ever followed a small idea. Love it. You're, you've turned traffic and conversion summit from a little idea to a big one now. Do you mind sharing with people a little bit about this event and yeah. why they should come to an event like this? Sure. Well, I mean, uh, our, our goal the very first time of traffic and conversion summit, you know, at the time, 10 years ago, all the events that were out there were basically kind of pitch fest style events. Right. You know, it was one speaker after another. They'd give like 60 minutes of pseudo content and then like a 30 minute pitch and then go to the back of the room and then go again and again and again. I just remember sitting in the audience. I'm not saying there's no value to that. Um, there can, there, there's value, and there's certainly value in investing in yourself. Yeah. Um, I just didn't, I was like, I didn't like it. It wasn't the event that I wanted to go to. And I remember my business partner, Perry, and he's like, we need to do an event. I said, no, we don't. There are too many of them, and they're all awful. And he said, well, what if we do the kind of event that we would want to go to? And um, so that was the first goal at Traffic Conversion Summit, to have people come out and say, wow, that was the best event I've ever been to. And, uh, and so we built it all around content. Let's just make sure that the content is amazing. What a concept, right? And, um, and so that's, that's where it began. And uh, you know, early on, it was the event for entrepreneurs because the only people who cared about digital marketing were entrepreneurs. You know, these 
dot-com people, the startup folks. Now that digital marketing is one, right, this has become really the home for marketers. And so this is our gathering point. We, we really love um, creating community, like I said before, and um, this, is, this is the family reunion. It's still centered around content. The goal is still the same, but more and more, you know, people come here for reasons like this right? I don't know if you've even been in a session, right? And I'm okay with that. People come here because everybody is here. And um, so I think it's, uh, I I tell entrepreneurs, come bring your team, tell your team to go into the sessions. You go network, hang out, do stuff like this, right? Because uh, we want to create that place. So we want to create the place, the premier definitive gathering for marketers. And I'm excited um, that in 2020, we're actually going to be expanding to the East Coast. We're going to be expanding to Europe, to Asia, so hopefully before too long, if you're a marketer, we'll, you know, there'll be a traffic and conversion summit near you. Amazing. Highly recommend this event, guys. Um, it's my fifth or sixth time now attending it. I love it, and I brought my team with me. So they're attending the sessions. I'm here interviewing Ryan Dice right now, and uh, it's, it's amazing. So it's a place to be if you want to learn the best of the best at Cutting Edge. I'll provide a link for you guys in the description as well. Um, Ryan, I just want to say thanks for taking the time, man. Thanks so much really for Really appreciate me. it. And how yeah. can people learn more about you and what you guys are up to? Check out digitalmarketer.com. That's where we post our best stuff. I'm also active on Twitter. So if you hit me up at Ryan Dice, R-Y-A-N-D-E-I-S-S, you will, uh, I respond. Uh, I like like Twitter. If you hit me up on Facebook, that's my team. Full disclosure, Twitter is me. Got it. So check them out, guys. We'll link below. Thank you guys so much for watching. If you enjoyed this, hit the thumbs up here on YouTube. Leave a comment below, and we'll see you again in the next video. Take care. Thanks for joining me today and listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode or received any value, then I'd love for you to leave an honest review on iTunes and subscribe to the Project Life Mastery podcast for future episodes. And of course, to receive more content and value, make sure to find and follow me at www.projectlifemastery.com for more. Thanks again. Remember to always believe and commit your life to mastery. I look forward to talking to you again soon. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.